You asked for it. Yes, you asked for it. The greatest all-time request show. You asked for it. Three, two, one, zero. expressed on this broadcast of the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show are those of the co-host and guest and do not necessarily reflect those of our affiliates. The topics and opinions on today's show should not be considered as medical, psychological, or professional advice. Take 12 Radio is not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. And now, here's your host, The Man, The Man, The Myth, The Myth, The Legend, Maybe, The Monty Man. Who? Telling you the truth, and I ain't gonna lie to you. Good guys, bad boys, we're all the same. Saved by grace is the name of the game. Time to lay your burden down. Welcome to the Tank 12 Recovery Radio Show, now broadcasting as always. So I don't know why I said, and now. Yeah. Broadcasting on, what is it, Spotify? Uh, yes, yeah, Spotify, iHeartRadio, <laughs> Apple Podcasts, YouTube. That's what you, where you guys are watching. Uh, and Podomatic and WordPress. What is WordPress? And Google Play. I don't know what any of them are. <laughs> yeah, WordPress, I thought was some kind of... Take a word and you press it. Well, I, th- press I thought it was some kind of editing thing on Windows. No. Oh. That's word. It's word processor. Word. Word. Oh. Bird, bird, bird is the word. Oh, stop something, it. Something just happened. Um, I hope it was a phone. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. There we go. Turn it off. Turn it off. Well, welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, it's good to have you with us. You've tuned in to us broadcasting from the studios of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting. On the outskirts of beautiful downtown Albany, Oregon. Hi, Dave. Hello. Hi, Marv. Howdy. Hi, Denver. <laughs> it's sprinkling outside. Is it? Is it Are sprinkling? You melting? Stop right there. Ah. It's time for Monty Man's Weekly Wine. That's, that's a good segue, mm. sprinkling out there. Denver doesn't like the rain. No. No. Why not? It so makes all the chemtrails are going to come down in the in the drop. Hey, you know what? I went out and got wet yesterday without a hat on, and I come home, my hair was stiff. What's up with that? Water used to make it soft. Now, chemtrails. <laughs> eh, <laughs> Your hair was stiff. It was stiff. I'm going. Why? Why is it when it rains on it anymore? It's stiff. There's something in the water. It's horrible. And you don't have a whole lot up there left, do you? Is it kind of going away? Got enough. Bit? I felt it was that way. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Marv, is your hair stiff? What hair? (laughs) (laughs) 
your mustache gets <laughs> Oh, my goodness. All right. So uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you're on a Lazy Susan, and you're going to get dizzy. Um, okay. So the weekly wine. I, this is really Lost. all I have because I got a lot of things to be th- grateful for this week. But um, we were at – Denver and I were at uh, the Hands Across the Bridge, Marion Pier – Marion Polk Pier Coalition event in uh, in Salem, Oregon, our state capital. Fun. It was fun. We had yeah. a good time. And Dave was not there. Marv was there in spirit. Dave wasn't Dave, even there in spirit. Dave, Dave missed a fun Sorry. time. <laughs> yeah. I had to take care of my dogs. We got to visit with a lot of folks that What day, day was that? That, that Friday. was Friday. Friday. That was Friday. It's cheaper to rent the space on than on the Saturday. Probably. And uh, and then on, on Saturday, we were... Uh, well, we'll talk about that in a minute. But Friday, we were there, and we were setting up, and um, the the booth right across from us, she had a, uh, she had a little dog. I mean, a little lap dog, a little rat dog. And this other guy comes walking by with a dog, not a whole lot bigger. A bigger rat. A bigger rat dog, yeah. Rat. And her dog... <laughs> lunged at the bigger dog and just went at it. I mean, this this dog was not happy with this other dog. And this guy bent down, picked up the her dog, and threw it onto the sidewalk. And I'm like, whoa. I'm like, why don't you just pick your dog up and leave? And leave. No. Why would you do that? I yeah. mean, it wasn't like it was two pit bulls going at it, and you just got to clear out. I mean, it was... So if your dog is being bit by a vampire bat, you're just going to walk your dog it away? Was it a vampire bat? didn't say walk. Pick it up and run. This, but he, just, he picked it up. He, he didn't have to throw it. Vicious dog. <sighs> Unbelievable. That same guy, it though... It was probably just a reaction. It probably was. That, that same guy, though, was out in the parking lot yelling at people. Yikes. Yeah. What if he was the same guy I saw walking down the street? Now there's, a lot, of, there's, like, and singing and there's a lot of yellers out there right now. <laughs> there's a lot of, there are a lot of yellers out there right there is. now. <laughs> um, but, but really, anyway, so... Um, What's the win in that, money? Well... <laughs> gotta have a win. Gotta have a win. Come on, Monty Man. Bring it on in. It's all about recovery. Let me tell you. Apparently. <laughs> let me tell you. Okay, so... Denver and I are at the Southwest Washington Recovery Coalition Recovery Forum 2019. Boy, these things have long titles, right? It was at Clark College. Uh, we've been there um, a, couple times. a couple times before. I have. And uh, it, it's always well attended and uh, lots of booths. It's indoors. Uh, it's not too far from the parking lot, which is always nice. You say booths or booths? He said booths. I caught Bo- it. Yeah. Booze? Yeah. Lots of booze? <laughs> T-H. <laughs> uh, but Joey Smith and all the guys and gals uh, from up there, they just put on a, a, a heck of an event, and uh, we were honored to be there. Uh, and so here's the win. So Denver buys raffle tickets. He buys some for me. He buys some for himself. And I'm sitting there and I'm saying, you know, the last time I won anything, I think it was a package of Oscar Mayer bologna when I was in junior high, something like that. Like maybe I maybe I won a gallon of ice cream. I, I don't know. It's all food related. You know, but we're looking and they're reading up. Yeah, it's always <laughs> food related. 
we're, we're reading off the uh, they're reading off the the tickets and and it comes down to the grand prize, which was a Vizio fifty five inch flat screen four ultra HD thing. Yeah, yeah. And I'm we're packing stuff up because it's getting ready to close down. And they read the number off, and lo and behold, it's the Monty Man's raffle ticket. Wow. Unbelievable. It was good. Hence it was good. the TV in the, in the hence, man cave. Hence the TV <laughs> out in the green room. So, hence yes. no room to move around anymore. Right. <laughs> it's a couch and TV. That's all you need, man. It's, a, it's in the green room at the studio. Yes. So, a TV, a recording studio, and a couch. So, Here's, and a coffee machine. That's all you need. Here's the deal. There was four grand prizes, right? A TV, a barbecue, and two kids' bikes, one girls and one boys. And I walked over there, and I bought the tickets, and I threw a bunch in the uh, the TV. Golly, brain laughs there. TV. In the bucket. And then in the barbecue, and nobody was throwing them in the uh, bikes. And I thought, oh, this is a shoe-in, man. There was only like 10 tickets in there, so I throw a couple, three in there. And sure enough, boom, the last one, we're wrapping it up. Nothing goes down. I didn't win any bikes, and uh, Monty wins a TV. Nice. All right, boom. Out the door we go. And, and, we can review our shows in big, in big, big living yeah. color. Well, well, yeah, in the YouTube versions, I can sit there and watch <laughs> this 55-inch you know, picture of you guys chatting, yeah. talking. Yeah. Say, oh, gee, I should probably go and so is the that, is that really a move up? Well, <laughs> that's what I, that's what I told him. I said, you do realize that TV's the work of the devil. Indeed, that's now how your brother's going to be able Indeed. to watch you through your TV through your TV set. Well, it's interesting because uh, the HDMI cable, right that that you plug in your soundbar and the DVD player and all that or the Blu-ray player and all that kind of thing there's a new kind and it's it's the same cable it takes the HDMI cable but it's called um ARV or something like that right and so we're looking at it and we're going what's that about because there's four other HDMI ports mm-hmm. but this other one it says it simplifies your setup and it collects the data of the movies you watch. Oh, man. Right? So what it's doing when you hook it up to that one, it's collecting all the data of whatever you're watching on your TV. You tailor all the commercials. Right. Right. Yep. And, yep. yeah, yeah, for, for supposedly for marketing purposes. So it came, came with a sound bar, too? Huh? Came with a sound bar, too? No, no. This little freebie apparently has cost him dearly, more than he actually realizes. <laughs> Did you guys stop at the store on the way home or what? Well, Cameron, I go, Cameron, we need to go to Walmart. And he goes, why? I go, I need to get a sound bar. And he goes, oh, Lord. why don't you see what the speakers sound like first? And I go... I'm a recovered drug addict. I'm not sounding listening to what the speakers sound like. I'm going to buy a soundbar, <laughs> which is a good thing I did too because the speakers aren't all that great. No, how much did it cost? I don't want to say. I don't want to talk about it. Show me your fingers. No, I'm, <laughs> well, I, I'm thinking about buying one. Turn the camera so, off. Turn the camera off. It's a Sony off. though. It's just, I bought I bought the Sony because I've had Sony before and I like it. Uh, yeah. Was it 
more or less than a hundred bucks. Quit. <laughs> That's more. <laughs> Stop Too much it. for me. Leave me alone. Go to uh, Big Lots so and buy is, the Hashimoto Is this really special. a win? Is it a win? Is it a win? Yeah, yeah. it's a win. Okay. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We'll see. You bet. Okay. We'll <laughs> be getting phone calls from Monty's but, wife. Have you seen Monty? Yeah. I haven't seen him in a while. He didn't come home yet. Oh, he's home. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, so but you know it was interesting though at at the at the event when I won the little old ladies, well not just old ladies, but younger ladies too. They're like, "Please, please trade me, please, please." <laughs> One had a two hundred dollar tattoo. Uh, That's the one I wanted. I I I thought, huh? What? Yeah, it was a two hundred dollar yeah. tattoo uh, uh, certificate. Huh. And she said, uh-huh. "I'll trade you. I'll trade you." I'm like, "Yeah, I already got tattoos, so <laughs> it's not a that's not a fair trade, though. That TV is probably five hundred dollars. Yeah, well, it depends. Uh, I think Amazon would have it like for three ninety nine. Yeah, it's three ninety nine everywhere. Uh, Walmart was four ninety nine. <laughs> that's the first thing. I Costco was, was seven ninety nine. <laughs> we we got a. I think we got a. It might be fifty five or sixty inch refurbished. Yeah, and we paid. It was less than three hundred bucks. Right, Walmart.com. Yeah. Tattoo, okay. Tattoo would have been great. Yeah, I got a couple. I got to finish. All right, so um, we're going to take a break, and we come back. We got some stupid news, and then the topic: the Ask It Basket Part Two. I'm going to try to finish up the Ask It Basket questions that people sent in. And by the way, Happy National Recovery Month, everybody! Happy National Recovery Wee. Month. Yeah. Wee. All right, we'll be back right after this. Hey, you! Yeah, you! Listen, with all the broken pieces of our world shouting out for some kind of reprieve, along comes the comedic genius of Unloaded Comedy! Nothing enhances the recovery event, personal party, or a company gala like the laughter of Unloaded Comedy! Let Mike and the team put together an evening that is guaranteed to chill you out and put that smile back on your face! It sure would be nice to smile again! So what are you waiting for? Visit Unloaded Comedy at unloadedcomedy.com. Click on the contact link and you'll be well on your way to evoking laughter and amusement at your next event. That's Unloaded Comedy at unloadedcomedy.com. <laughs> You're listening to the world's original recovery talk and positive music radio program. The Take 12 Recovery Radio Show on KHLT Recovery Broadcasting. Welcome back, all you YouTubers, Spotifyers, and Apple Podcasters, etc. All right, we got some stupid news here coming up. That's correct, friends. It's time for Take 12 Recovery Radio's Stupid Is As Stupid Does News. Yes. All right, so I got an email uh, this week. I thought this was pretty... um... Stupid. (laughs) So thank you, Jason K. What? What, Mark? I didn't say anything. No, we're just laughing at each other <laughs> mentally here. Yeah. 
Uh, Jason Kay uh, sent this in. He, he listens to our show from Fairfield, California. You guys know where Fairfield is? It's in the um, far East Bay of the San Francisco Bay Area. Uh, you go over the hill and you go to Fairfield and Stockton and Sacramento, uh, like that. Uh, anyway, he writes in, he says, I read this story today in the local newspaper about a man who broke into a resident's home in the middle of the night. He was casing the home for about an hour, being ever so careful not to wake up the residents. When out of... <laughs> I can't read it. This is so stupid. When out of nowhere, the owner of the home started telling a joke in her sleep. <laughs> The joke was so funny that the cat burglar began to laugh and it tickled his funny bones to the degree that he fell to the floor laughing hysterically, waking up the homeowners who promptly called the police who arrested the man without incident. There's more. The joke, according to the burglar, it had something to do with a priest, a drunk, and a rabbi break into a house. (laughs) True story. I'm like, oh my gosh. Uh, so I don't know if the guy was high or maybe he wasn't high or whatever, but that's great. There you go. <laughs> if you've got a that's stupid, stupid story to tell, please send it on in to take 12 radio at Comcast.net and uh, we may read it on the air. You can have a whole TV show about that. <sighs> America's dumbest criminals. Gee, Willikers. Yeah, there you go. There's some stupid news. (laughs) What do you think, Marv? (laughs) Uh, I'm baffled, I'll tell you that. (laughs) All right. um, Let's see. Uh, I think Cecil wants to say something uh, here as we enter this. Don't get offended if we get all the answers wrong. Just like the silly words I'm singing in this stupid song. In this stupid song. Whee! There. At least we played it that's the before disclaim- the topic. Yeah, that's the disclaimer. <laughs> that's right the disclaimer there. for if we get these answers wrong. All uh, right. Is there any right or wrong? I answer? don't know. Nah. There there may be, there may not be. Alright, so the take twelve recovery asket basket part two. Um uh picking up where we left off last week, Monty Man. And and uh, and all you guys, um, you said something once about there was more reasons than just sexual issues for why sponsors and sponsees should be the same sex. But I can't remember what it was. And then Gail H. says, I thought this was kind of humorous. I know I really liked it, though, <laughs> but she couldn't remember what it was, but she did like it. So she says, can you refresh my memory? So anybody here have an idea – other than the sexual issue and 13-stepping and all that, why it might be a good idea to have a sponsor that is the same gender as you are, if I may say that word gender. Because (laughs) I'm stepping on my own neck here. Okay. Men and women think differently. Men and women think differently. That's right. They do. And so there's going to be issues that that we talk about in recovery that – um, another guy is going to understand like a gal isn't going to understand and vice versa. I think especially when you're first uh, walking through the steps, 
yeah. as, as a newcomer. Right. Right. What do you think, Dave? Yeah, I, I agree. It's there's and there's always some degree of holdback uh, when you're dealing with the person of the opposite sex, usually from the, you know, the whatever sponsee or client or whatever. Because mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> I counsel. Put your mic down too. just a little bit, so it's there. You go. Uh, I counsel women too, and and there's I can always tell unless I'm setting it up appropriately in the beginning, right. uh, they tend to hold back a little bit. And guys guys are more forthright? It's just different. I don't know. I, don't know. I couldn't say they're more forthright. Mm. It's just different because like, we think differently. Right. Right. And we, we may give, we'll give an answer that might be fitting for uh, us or another man, but not appropriate yeah. for a woman, you yeah. know, unless you're able to filter that through properly. Right. Um, which yeah. doesn't always. That, that's funny. <laughs> which part? <laughs> that's filtering it through properly. You know, I, let me say something real quick. Uh, I, I said that, now I'm sitting here thinking, you know, here we are in the age and the days of the Me Too movement and all this stuff. Right. I, I didn't. I'm not being critical at all. I think it's just a fact. Right. You yeah. know, that we need to recognize that the sexes are different. Yeah. That's all yeah. there is to it. Sure. And that's not a down, you know, trying to run anybody down or anything else. It's just a fact it, of the it, matter. It, it's just the way it is. Yep. Um, so I, um, I got some news uh, two days ago that my doctor, who I've he's been my doctor for years, um, is leaving the practice, and they I called to change my an appointment date. I wouldn't even have known this. I would have walked in, and it's going to be a female doctor. I've never had a female doctor before. I don't even I don't know that I have any feelings about it. But I just thought it was kind of interesting. I'm not sure how. I don't know. <laughs> guess you're going to find out. Well, I, I, you, I would imagine you probably have a choice. You could probably pick oh, somebody yeah, I, else if, if it's there's, an issue. There's uh, there's no other female doctor choices, but there's two male doctor choices. But I don't know any of them. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Just roll the dice. Man. Yeah. Um, here's a question. Here's the next one. Um, what do you prefer to use for a step study, the big book or the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions book? So you want to grab that, or do you want me to start out off with that one? Well, Marv, what do you think? If you're in a big book study, or a, or I should say a step study, you prefer the big book or the twelve and twelve? Well, I that's that's kind of you know that's uh, uh, all in the eye of the beholder, I guess. Uh, yeah, both of them. The big book's gonna. Um, Add insight. I mean, you say a step study, so naturally you would go to the 12 by 12 because that's right on the steps, right? We'll see. But the uh, big book, you know, has insight that 12 by 12 don't have. Right. So I'm kind of thinking, well, you know, I don't think it's one or the other. Is it a toss-up for you? Yeah. 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 Dave, what about you? What do you think? I 
just think it would be whoever the facilitator is is beyond be or the group conscience on what which one they want to use. Yeah. I mean you could do both. You know? If you're doing a step study, wouldn't you want to cover every aspect of the step? So maybe you'd read out of both at a different time. Okay. Denver, any thoughts? I, I think my through my travels in meetings, it's been like Dave says, the facilitator has picked, you know, the topic, whatever, and whatever fits that meeting that time. Okay. So, All right. So no preference for me. Uh okay. So <clears throat> I'll shoot my uh two cents in so, here. So Mars got a check right answer on. for Well, that's because I know Monty's getting ready to throw a bomb in the <laughs> Right on. <laughs> Here's the proper way. Zoom, zoom in, Monty. <laughs> Alright. Well, Read my lips. It, it does say, what do you prefer? So I will tell you what I prefer in a step study. The 12 Steps and 12 Traditions does not teach you how to apply and implement the steps. It's like an editorial on the steps. The big book of Alcoholics Anonymous is what teaches you how to apply and implement the steps. The The program in uh, of action laid out is in the big book. It's not in the 12 and 12. So um, for, my, for my taste, if I'm doing a step study, I want to know how to apply and implement those steps. And the 12 and 12 doesn't do that. Um, I, I, I think – that there's a lot of groups that do do both, and I think that's fine. In fact, there's some groups that have um, big book studies that are surrounded around the first 165 pages or 64 pages, and then they have 12 and 12 studies too. They'll have a separate meeting for that. I think that's that's a good idea. Uh, but for my money, if I if I want direction on how to actually implement and apply the steps in my life, I'm going to be going to the big book, and that's just my take on it. There you go. Very good. Yeah, you know, there's a little bit more, too. Um, I, I apologize. I can't remember the guy's name, but uh, you had, uh, I think, done a program. With oh, him. Chris he, S. He Walking through the big book? He was No, he was from Ohio or Iowa. or He written three or four books on the oh, fourth step. and Dick B., maybe. Uh, but anyway... Or if, Mike, if, Mike D. I don't know. There's been so many. <laughs> yeah. But uh, he really come at it from a spiritual angle and mm -hmm. added a whole lot more insight. I know he did for me on uh, uh, Step 11. There's a guy, about, Barefoot. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Bob Barefoot. Ba Barefoot Bob. Yeah. Yeah. The there's one. a website, Barefoot Bob. Yeah. That's a really good site. Yeah, he's got some good stuff. Yeah. And he kind of expounds on. Right. Right. Everything. Well, we we actually did we did it, and, and we have that available. We have walking through the big book with with Chris S, and then we have walking through the twelve and twelve with Chris S. And um, I, I mean, I, if, if you want to really enhance your recovery and you really want to get some filet mignon, you know, instead of just hamburger, you're going to do both. I think um, because it it just opens up a whole new thing for you. But like I said, for for, particularly for somebody new to to try to take them through the steps using the twelve by twelve, it, it really you kind of cheat them because it's not it's not directive. But there you go. What you there, there you go, and there you have it. There you have it. Okay. Are, what are what are our view, viewers getting to view right now? Marv. What? Oh, they are seeing Marv. 
Now they're seeing Dave. The, the, now they're seeing Denver. The doll in the calendar. See what we got going on. That was a subtle hint, Dave. Oh my goodness. Okay. Can I? Yeah, maybe, go ahead. Maybe you need to get a cameraman. Yeah. I do. We need to update him here. Nala, where are you at? Man? I have a swivel man. We can just we can just dial it up so we can put a put a remote on there to, to spin it. It's just a slow rotation. <laughs> um so I priced the little switch boxes and there's a lot of complications that go on with that and the computer and the um, yeah, that's that's for another day. Maybe the cost of a surround would have covered it. Okay. Leave it alone, Denver. <laughs> uh, okay, so this one, I almost hesitate to even re- re- read this one, but I'm, I'm going to because this topic's been covered and a dead horse has been beaten. Sorry, Marvin, <laughs> a million times. Okay, uh, Neil F. says, okay, I know I'm going to open up a can of worms, but what are your thoughts on recovered versus recovering? What does the book say? The book says recovered. What does it say actually? Those of us who have recovered. Who have recovered. Yes. From a, what is it? Seemingly hopeless. Seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. Yeah, and it's based on our spir- daily spiritual condition. Yeah, the maintenance of our, our, of our daily spiritual condition. So, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and, and and tackle this because I I just think it's very very important for people to understand that. Not, first of all, if we're gonna argue semantics, we could do that all day long, right. and, and we could we could blow up meetings with that kind of stuff if we wanted to. Uh, why, you, you know, um, but by the letter of the law. Okay, um, this goes into the thing of, you know, are we recovering? Or will we always be recovering? Are we recovered? Which goes into the thing about being cured. What's the difference of being, being, being cured? And, I mean, is recovered mean you're cured? No, it, it does not. Okay, and so I use the example of the peanut allergy, and I've done this, listeners, before on the show, and I'll try to get through it really quickly. If I'm allergic to peanuts and I eat peanuts, I'm going to swell up like a balloon. I'm going to go to the hospital. They're going to hit me with an EpiPen, and while I'm in the hospital and the swelling is going down, I am in recovery. Once the swelling has gone down and they've released me from there, I have recovered. Am I still allergic to peanuts, Dave? Yes. I am very much still allergic to peanuts. Have I have I been cured of my peanut allergy? No. But I have recovered from the damage that the peanut allergy created. From that event. From that event, yeah. So <clears throat> so here's the deal. It's more of a time thing, I think, than a, you know, people that are early in recovery are in, they're recovering, Right. Yeah, but I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. Somebody can recover in their first year. I mean, well, so let me explain. So the deal, the deal of it is, is being a recovered alcoholic means that the symptoms are gone. My symptoms are gone. I, I, I don't drive drunk. I don't steal anymore. I'm, I'm not doing all that stuff. The symptoms, uh, they're gone, right? Being cured means that the illness has disappeared. I'm still allergic to alcohol. 
So I'm not cured of the medical condition of alcoholism, which simply means I'm allergic to it. The symptoms have been are gone because I don't drink anymore. God has removed the the compulsion to drink, so that that overwhelming compulsion is has been lifted. That's gone. I've recovered. Like you can recover the fumble, but you're still in the game, kind of thing. Um, so the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, if you're going to go by what the big book says. You don't have to agree with it, but if you're going to go by what it says, it says recovered. It's very clear that you've recovered, past tense. Does it mean that you still have a mindset of recovery? Yeah, I mean, I'm still recovering from my sin nature every day. That kind of thing. So, I don't know. I'm kind of like, a lot of people argue about this stuff, and and they, they make such a big deal out of it that, but that's just my take, Marv. Well, the only thing I was going to say is it's a matter of attitude. Mm. You know, um, you might yourself consider yourself recovered, mm-hmm. and but are still humble enough to keep working on your recovery. Absolutely. And there's people I've witnessed that say they're recovered and their attitude goes with it. Look at me. Yeah. You know, right. I've got... Five, ten years, whatever it is, but which which almost tells me that maybe they're not recovered, right? Because well, because the, the alcohol drinking <clears throat> is the symptom. The real problem is a heart issue, right? Yeah, you know, besides just being a physical condition, it's also a heart issue, and so they're walking around going, "Look at me," and you know, I'm the hottest thing since iced tea. Then I don't know. It's like. You know, going around saying, telling everybody you have humility, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I I, I know a guy so used to say he used to, he used to say in meetings he, he would say, and I'm not going to mention his name, Mar, but you know him. He'd, he'd say, "Well, my sponsor told me that if I talked about humility, I didn't know anything about it." And then he'd turn around for 20 minutes and talk about the topic, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I love the guy; he's a friend of mine. But I just thought it was it was humorous. Yeah. Okay, dokie. So let's go here to the next one. Oh, this is for Marv. Oh man, you're not going to really ask. Them. Well, Bernice asked is asking the question. Marv, would you rather spend time with horses or with people? So uh, clue us in there, brother. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, Marv. I, horses. <laughs> let us know on this one. I I knew about the question last week, you right. know, and so I had time to think about it, but. You know, really, there was a time when I would sit in a meeting mm-hmm. and I would say, I have more regard for the horse than I do most people. <coughs> and uh, and that was true. Uh, then. Yeah. Since then, God has shown me that I need people. I can't isolate out there in mm. the barn or in the round pen or right. wherever I'm riding my whole life because he designed us to need each other in the community. So I would say, no, that's not true anymore. You know, I, I do need people. I may not, uh, uh, necessarily, um, be like, well, we're not anyway, but I won't be like the social butterfly, you know, right. 
I don't know that I ever will be. You're not one to go to big events like yeah. Denver and I go yeah. to, things like that. Yeah. Um, but, well, <clears throat> yeah. But I know I need people. God, sure. God has shown me that. I go to meetings. Uh, if I get in a jam, much to my chagrin, I call somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I still spend a lot of time around horses. Yeah, that's <laughs> my passion. Oh, yeah, so yeah, there you go. Didn't you say something one time? Horses won't lie to you, or something. Like horses that? won't lie to you. No, yeah, they won't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Denver, let me let me ask you, because sometimes. <clears throat> People irritate you. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, that's rich. Turn the camera off. Let's go on with this one. Sometimes. What about it? What do you want to know about? But you are a people yourself. So my son, my oldest son, who is Cameron, Mr. Mr. Lovebug, I mean, he loves everybody. And I mean, he's just very cordial and, and, and just a kind-hearted guy. But he says it, too. He says, Dad, I just... People just, I just don't like them. I go, but you're so caring and loving. He goes, I know, because that's what I'm supposed to be. But people drive me crazy. What about you, Denver? <laughs> well, they do drive you crazy. And I'd have to t- I have to take them in small doses. But I also, like Marv, know that I need other people. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I love, I'm a five-minute therapist, I guess, sometimes. I love to sit down with people, talk for a while, and... Mm-hmm. and uh, Get their insight and share mine, but uh, you know I'm not a 24 seven an hour person. I'd rather be out somewhere on the lakeside or, or creekside or someplace sitting and just listening to the birds. So you got you got take them a yeah, little bit, yeah, bit at a time. I've got to have my personal time too. Right. I, I'm very content and comfortable being alone, but I do just I adore getting around people too. It's it's a Take it in doses. You love you me. love people watching, though. I know that. I do. Yeah. I learn a lot. Uh, not unlike we've said here before, it's interesting to just go wherever you go, meeting, mall, uh, countryside, wherever. Yeah. And just sit and observe people because you will learn a lot uh, not not engaging them, just watching and listening. And I'll be with him or something. He'll go, look at that. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> Dave? Do you like hanging out yes. with folks? Or are you more of a loner? Uh, I kind of, kind of uh, straddle the fence on that one. Yeah. Back in back in the day, um, my policy was I don't care what you think or what you say or, you know, uh, I don't need anybody because no one's going to take care of me but me. Mm. Uh, when I get into recovery, God got a hold of me, and you know I've talked about this before. Talking about the only thing you got to change is everything. Sure. And so part of that was, you know, I have to engage with people. I can't isolate because that's my, I can comfort, that's my comfort zone, you know, giving my dog and my wife and, you know, my truck and bowl of ice cream, (laughs) a gun (laughs) and and I'm good. But, uh, in, you know, when, when I changed, when I started my new life, uh, that was part of the deal is. You know, as human beings, we're social creatures. And so we right. have to be, and, you know, kind of mandated by yeah. faith to go out and help others. And so it keeps me humble. Uh, it helps my recovery. Uh, seeing that kind of 
plays into the the old you know instant gratification. Mm-hmm. When you go help somebody else, mm-hmm. you're getting instant gratification. Not only are they acknowledging that you're helping them, but mm-hmm. you're feeling good about what you just did, and so that still fills some of that that need that we have, uh, you know, as addicts. You know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have a similar analogy to your your peanut one too. It's the remember the Twinkie analogy? Oh, the Twinkie. The Twinkie. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I um, yeah, I have to be around people because if I don't, I will slip sure silently into the abyss. <laughs> <laughs> uh, deeper and deeper. So I'm I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna read this one and direct it to you, Marv. Oh, no. There we go. (laughs) Wisdom. Wisdom. Can you tell me why so many people think that AA and other 12-step groups are just allowing addicts and alcoholics to make excuses for their drinking and using? I have close friends that keep badgering me with this issue. What can I say to them? You ever heard that? Watch your old bobber. You you 12-step, you AA people, you NA people, you guys just, you call it a disease and you just, Use that as an excuse for your behavior. Ever heard that, Marv? I've seen it. Yeah, yeah so I have heard. So you, you have you've seen people do that? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Do well, you, I'm an alcoholic. You know, that's just the way I am. Yeah. That so, type of thing. So the, the lack of understanding. So there, there is, there's. It's understandable why some of this person, these this person's friends and family, may be thinking that. All of us, if we claim membership in a 12-step fellowship, are just making excuses for our behavior because of some people actually doing that. Maybe that's all they've seen. But right. what would you say to them? I, the, their question is, what, what, what do I say to my friends that say, you guys are just making excuses? Anybody have any ideas? Well, I think it's – I think some of it is – I've, I've heard people talk like that in like open meetings, you know? Yeah. Uh, some of that is people coming in and they want to know what it's about. They may not even be an addict. Um, but I think it's just, they just don't understand. You know, my, you know, I've had people say, well, you know, you go to, you went to treatment, so now you're cured. Sure. <laughs> right. My wife said that to me the first time I went to re- uh, residential treatment. Right. No, you're, so you're good now, right? You're cured. And we get, we get it all the time from parents, the guys that go to adult teen challenge. Oh, they can come home now. They've been there for 60 days. They're fine. Yeah, they 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 told me they accepted Christ, so they're good to go. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, so I think it's just a lack of understanding, and you know, I don't know if it's really up to us to try to make them understand. We can give them information, right? And point them in the direction, but I don't think it's our duty to. Try to force them, train into them into agreeing with us, and, right? You know, because you know? some of them, well, and if unless you've been where we've been, people aren't going to understand like we understand. They just aren't. It's just the way it is. And you know, we're not. You know, some some are normies, right? Right. Why don't you just quit? I don't understand why you can't just quit. Right. It's a choice. Right. It's so now choice. you're making excuses, right? Why you can't quit or why you used? Right. These are all just excuses. That's what some people think they are, and. Maybe they are, and that's a lot of that is based in the choice argument, which is right. one of my favorite arguments for that. Which is actually a really good one, uh, is in that video uh, "Pleasure Unwoven," where the guys he's, he's sitting at they're dressed up like cowboys and they're in this saloon, and the guy's got a shot of whiskey and he's pouring it. 
he's pouring a shot of whiskey for this alcoholic who's shaking like crazy, right? Because he got DTs. And he says, he says to him, he says, now, if you pick that up and you drink that, and he pulls out his revolver, he goes, I'm going to blow your head off. And so the guy makes the point that this alcoholic, he'll look at the gun, he'll look at the shot, and he won't pick it up. So that's a choice he's making. But then he says this, and I love it. He goes, but unlike somebody who's not alcoholic, what he's thinking is, how can I get that shot of whiskey from the counter to my lips before that bullet pierces my skull? <laughs> and people that aren't alcoholic don't think like that. Right? They don't think like that. Well, there, there's another, I think, uh, if, uh, to get some insight into like what happens to the brain. Mm-hmm. Um, people can go and, and look up, uh, it's called the hijack brain. Hijack brain. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a little dated, but the information is still good. There's probably some newer stuff out there, but it actually walks addicts through the part, the, uh, through their, their active addiction mm-hmm. and then takes them to the places they used to use. Uh, oh, right, right, and right, then right. does brain scans and it fires off the same parts of the brain when you're high or you're high. So basically you're getting high just by going to the places you used to use. And these are people that have been clean too. <clears throat> I, yeah. I, Moyers on addiction did a whole thing on that. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, so senior, right? Yes. Yes. So I ran into a situation about a month and a half ago and it kind of fits what we're talking about. And I'm not, I'm going to use a lot of anonymity, but there was three people one one person had uh, thir- over 30 years of sobriety. The other person had been in the program 25 years. And the other one was a non-alcoholic. Two of them were siblings. The one with 25 years decided about a year ago that he didn't need AA anymore. And he would have a drink now and then. Hmm. The He came to me. Oh, now I just blew the anonymity. But anyway. We didn't say his name, son. Uh, he came to the other guy, <laughs> <laughs> and he told him. Yeah. Because they were really close. And the other guy says, well, okay. Uh, knowing he couldn't do anything about it, he said, all right. He said, but you know where to go when you get in trouble. Mm. So then about a month and a half ago, I'm having a conversation with the other sibling. Mm-hmm. And this other sibling is highly defending the other guy, uh, 25-year guy, his actions. And, uh, oh, how happy he is. Everything's going great for him and everything. Well, the other guy, he knows how alcoholism works, that this is just a a short uh, intervening thing that's going on. and right. But it's going to turn around and get bad. Yeah. <clears throat> much, much to the guys. He didn't want to do this, but he got mad. Mm-hmm. And he, he gets up and he he's like this. He's pointing his finger mm-hmm. saying, you look here. You don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. An alcoholic is always alcoholic. You're allergic. You're allergic. Yeah. Yeah. So the guy walks away from it, but he regretted getting angry. Yeah. And he uh, he was trying to decide how to go about making amends and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But the other thing he thought of, and I think it's pertinent in what we're talking about, 
is really who's in control. Mm. As much as I try to talk or you try to talk or anybody sure. to help somebody else, the bottom line is God is in control. Yeah. And and uh, and it's out of our hands. It is. And what goes on up here for me in the meantime is what I need to uh, have respect for and, and take care of in the way the program has taught us to do that. Sure. You bet. I don't know. Is that yeah, no? Sense? That's that's a great story, and and, and I I totally get it. And I I think what I would tell, like Dave was saying, you know, maybe people just don't know lack of education. Here's the deal: if you if you do some investigation, I tell people just like I would. There's a, a place in the chapter working with others where it talks about leaving the book with them on the first visit. Um, I hand I I have handed a big book to people, to friends and relatives that say, well, you guys just use that as an excuse. And yeah. just say, here, do some investigation on your own and and see what you think. Because particularly in the chapter more about alcoholism and, and things like that, and um, you, you might come to an understanding that you didn't have before. Because if you're a friend, a relative, or a loved one, and you really care, it's imperative that you become honest, open-minded, and willing as well if you really want to be helpful and uh, to to the one who's still suffering. And so if you research the literature, <clears throat> making excuses for your drinking, uh, and in NA, making excuses for your using, and in Celebrate Recovery, making excuses for your hurts, habits, and hangups, and so on and so forth, if you read the literature, if you read the programs of those organizations, it does just the opposite. It talks a lot about taking responsibility. It talks a lot about not making excuses. Um, when you're doing a fourth step, when you're doing a ninth step, the amend step, it's all about seeing your part and making changes. And so we, we have to make sure that we are not misunderstanding a person's behavior as what the program is because sometimes they're very different. Yeah, there's a difference between, you know, a one-time DUI or drinking a little too much on a weekend and someone that's been drinking every day for years and now their chem their body chemistry has been altered. Oh yeah, you bet. So they actually they can't function without alcohol or whatever drug in their system. Yeah, they're chemically dependent. So that's, you know, that switch over switches over to the de- disease. And I think even, you know, it, it may sound funny, but even the analogy of the, you know, the 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 peanut mm-hmm. that you told or or the Twinkie analogy. I mean, it, they all fit in and people can understand that. Now, right. if you, you had cancer, what they what are they going to say if you had cancer, you know, just don't. Right. You go into a relapse of your cancer. Just don't and, have cancer. And, and that's because you made bad choices. I, yeah, just don't have Some cancer. Some of it is, yeah. Some of it can be. Yeah. Yeah. You bet. You bet. Um, I think I was talking about also, Monty, just to kind of clear the air. I was talking about the people who get themselves in a storm between their ears mm-hmm. over uh that question over that question yeah. yeah yeah sure that really the bottom line is god's in control and and I, myself i have to keep that in mind yeah right <clears throat> amen to that amen to that okay so the uh the next question here is uh, <laughs> I, I i really i had to chuckle at this because i i've seen this um 
This is from Bruce B. It says, I went to an A meeting a couple of years ago where most of the room were pretty new. The chair was a sober living house guy. It was March, so at the end of the meeting, per group custom, he read the third tradition. He read as he looked at the traditions right there on the wall. Quote, the only requirement for AA membership is a desire to stop drinking and using. End quote. No one batted an eye. What did I do? I left. I rarely go to that group. That's what's happening in Alcoholics Anonymous. Just reporting the facts on the ground. Bruce B. So for those of you who may not know, Alcoholics Anonymous Third Tradition states the only requirement for a membership is a desire to stop drinking. It does not state and using. Right. Which for some folks would they would they would they would interpret that as meaning alcohol and drugs. Well we need to clear something up. First of all, alcohol, alcohol is, is a drug. drug. So when you say alcohol and drugs you're being redundant. Alcohol right. is a drug. Um but that aside, that is not the proper reading of that tradition. So maybe the chairperson had an agenda. I don't know. You know, um, I don't know that I would walk out of a group just because a guy has an agenda. I think everybody in the meeting's got an agenda. We're selfish, self-centered, and self-seeking. And, and sometimes people pull knuckleheaded stuff like this. You walk out of a meeting because somebody reads it, you might miss something that's really, really good. Uh, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Anybody want to chime in? I think we're just too... Sensitive? Too sensitive. I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there that, like you said, we're going to miss out. I mean, I've been <clears throat> to groups, um, and I can't really say it was a... It probably it was more like an NA group or it was even a, you know some other group. Yeah. We talk about... It, the 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 reading or whatever what talked about alcohol and I myself have said you know or drugs or I would say you can replace the word alcohol for drugs or you know eat overeating or whatever right uh, something have an agenda it's just the way I'm sometimes I'm trying to make it clear to people that it's not just because there's a lot of people will say well I don't have a problem with alcohol so this doesn't pertain to me so. Mm-hmm. When it's all the information is good, <laughs> good for you, right? <laughs> all the information is good. good it's good just for you. I'm stuck on this stupid word, and so, um, you know, yeah. I mean, I, I understand proper language as far as the program goes, especially if you're in service and you're at a right. service convention or you're doing that kind of thing. I think I think that's the place, you know. And I also understand not alienating the newcomer. I get all that. But sometimes I think we protest too much. Yes. And we cause up a stir when there just really doesn't need to be one. We, I had a, you know, and I've told this story before, this always sticks in my brain because it just irritates me. But we were at a, 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 I think it was, an, I don't know if it was an AA or anything. Anyway, the person, this, this girl introduced herself as an addict alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the uh, I like to lovingly call the AA Nazis, right? And I don't mean well. I guess maybe I do mean to offend somebody, <laughs> but <laughs> sorry. But uh, they basically t- walked walked up to the person after the meeting and they said, "If you're going to be in this meeting, you need to address yourself appropriately." 
and it was the only meeting that was available that day that this person needed to go to because they were soup they were having you know some serious problems. Well, that actually sent the person over the edge, and they ended up in the hospital in a coma for a week or so. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think we always realize uh, the the little things that we just pick on how right. it can affect people that are new in recovery. Well, and you know what? Some people are listening right now, going, "Yeah, but no matter what you say to the person, even if it's inappropriate, if they go back out, that's totally on them, and you do not contribute to that." To to I. To that, I respond, wait a minute here. There are people, depending on where they are in their recovery, are not capable of digesting what you have said. They're not mature enough in it. They, they're, they're, they're babes. Or you don't know their situation. And you don't know their situation. They could have just been battered by yeah. 15 people before yeah. they got there. So that, that, is so, a, that is a state – very irresponsible statement to say, especially if you don't well, know what's going on with that person. You know, if I threw you under Sorry, the bus and, you, and you go out and drink or use, that's totally on you. Well, sure. Yes, did they make the choice? Yeah, but to, to not take any responsibility. I, I remember in college there was these two guys that were saying some very hurtful things to me, and I went to them and I said, you know that that really that was hurtful, and they said, well, you're just too sensitive. I go, no, you're copping out by not taking any responsibility right. for your actions. And, and who cares if the newcomer wants to introduce themselves as a, you know, I'm a, my name's Dave and I'm addicted to pizza because I've done that before. No one said nothing to me about it. All right, you're done. You're out of here. Throw Sorry, that guy a little, out of little, here. A you know, little humor there for a second. <laughs> but I mean, you know what? That's I think it's about helping people, you know, figure this thing out and get get this recovery thing going, not picking apart wow. every freaking <clears throat> syllable of their word. You know? Yeah. <clears throat> Marv, <laughs> thanks, Dave. People need to have enough respect for the program Alcoholics Anonymous to recognize when they walk through the door it's Alcoholics Anonymous. But people, now, some people does, don't know that though when they walk in the door <clears throat> if they're no, brand but, new. No, but after a little bit they do. The thing about it is, True. is Alcoholics Anonymous has a set of steps and traditions, mm-hmm. and those are worded in a particular way for a reason. And to change the words and those, then that's what we're talking about. Right. I'm not talking about whether I think an addict ought to be in there or not. I'm talking about changing the program of Alcoholics Anonymous, either being funny or being serious. And I would agree with that. I and, would agree. I think it's just the approach and, uh, that we right. make. When I walk through the door, I know I'm going into the program of Alcoholics Anonymous yeah. and know what their standards are. Right. <clears throat> secretly i may not agree with them i may walk out and say well screw these people and all that mm-hmm. but in the room that's when we need to have respect for the program right. for the people sitting in the room regardless of where they're coming from but then in my mind those same people need to respect that program i agree well said well said so i th- i think again mm. i wouldn't walk out of a meeting cuz somebody said added a word i may talk to them i but i think it, it's all in the approach everything's in the approach so if you get a newcomer in there and they're introducing themselves as this that and the other thing and they've been in there for several weeks now and they're still doing it i think it's how you approach the person but this is one reason why sponsorship is so important and you know we say that over 80 percent of the people that are in meetings today don't have sponsors and if they do they're not people that actually know the program 
of Alcoholics Anonymous or the other programs. <clears throat> and so they're passing on information that's right. inaccurate. But that's why it's important to, to, to learn this stuff and know it and, and maybe even learn some of the history. So really well said, Marv. Um, I'm going to go to this last question because we kind of kind of covered the one before that last week. So I'm going to go to this last question here because we have to wrap it up. Um, <laughs> this is also uh, made me smile. Uh, you chair a large meeting and there's always a few regulars that continuously overshare and monopolize the meeting. You've already spoken in private and asked them to shorten their share, but it still continues. What do you do? <laughs> the chairperson sets the tone of the meeting. Right. The, Mar- cha- the, the chairperson sets the tone of the meeting, and when they see that going on, they politely say, I'm sorry, uh, you have gone over your time limit, whatever that may be, in whatever meeting you're in. And where I go, it's five minutes, and you cut them off. So, so, and then, then you're in trouble. But that's what you do. <laughs> so Denver was like Denver was like pointing at his watch, like, more like than, times up, times more up, than times once up. I've seen that or smoke break coming. That was always good. Well, listen, yeah. if it's the same couple, you can't of, sit for an hour. If it's the same couple of people over and over and over again, maybe it's time. For the trusted servants to have a little chat, not just one person. I, Sometimes that doesn't help. I seen something here a while back. A guy, a long, an old timer, come in. Yeah, and he was having a really rough time. It was a bad day, <laughs> and he was talking and talking and talking. And this is one of them deals where when somebody's really hurting and having a hard time. In my mind, you let them talk. They need to get it out. Mm-hmm. And so he's, well, this guy behind me, he hollers out, hey, we got a five-minute limit. Your time's up, you know. And then he talked for 10 minutes. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it, you, you can't win because no. it's always, there's always going to be that one that, you know, even if they they take up too much time as it is, it's like, all of a sudden, they really have something that has to be talked about. You have mm-hmm. to let them, you know. I've ran into that too several times, where you get people that that go over the five minutes, and but right. it's something that is pertinent. It actually, you you know, as as a facilitator, that this is going in a a good direction, and pe- other people are going to learn from this, and so you get you kind of let it go a little bit. What do you guys think of of the? Um the, I don't know if you've ever been in a meeting. I've only been in one where they, they had a – it was like one of those um, – when you know when you play chess, they have those timing clocks and you hit the oh, button that. on – what do you think of that? <laughs> a buzzer or, or, or an egg timer. Oh, I hate that. I, yeah, I hate it. I hate it. I'm sorry. I just do. I heard about a meeting that actually – you know how they had – you, you can buy at novelty shops those stoplights that have a red light, green light, yellow light? Right, and there was a switch. The guy told me there was a switch up at the chairperson at the desk, and they hit it, you know, and it would be it'd be green while the guy's talking, and then when time was getting ready to be up, the yellow light would come on. Left, right, yellow, and then the red light would come on. But there wasn't any sound. Nobody said anything. Just and I thought, what? It's kind of interesting. I don't know, but I, you know, Marv, you you really you really hit the nail on the head there about the chairperson. The chairperson is the person that's responsible. 
you know, for the flow of the meeting. And, and they, and that's why it's again, important to go to some of these training things that, that these groups put on about, you know, how to chair a meeting, how to sponsor people, um, how to guide people through the steps and that kind of thing. Because there's a lot of people, man, we throw them in a chair. Oh, Hey, you could chair the meeting today. That, yeah, because you they have something to doing. do, and there's nobody else available, and so this person's stepping up. Right, we stick them in there, and yeah. they're not going to know. They're not going to know, right. you know. Um, but but yeah, the chairperson really needs to be the one um, that that says, "Okay, thank you so much for sharing and being polite and being right, kind." Right, right. Uh, you know, it, it, it's a little difficult at first, but after a while, you it tends to weed out. The people they either stop or they just leave, and then you get a group of people that are gonna and stick they, to the. And if they know your chair, and they're going, okay, we know not to go past five minutes with that guy. It always cracks me up though when they say, like, you have a room full of uh, 40, 50 people, and they go, please limit your sharing to five minutes so everyone has a chance to share. And I'm thinking, five, 10, 15, right. 20, that ain't gonna happen. <laughs> then you're like, two minutes. Right. Oh, man. All right. Good show, guys. Any last thoughts? Anybody? Tolerance and patience. Hmm. Acceptance. Tolerance, patience, acceptance. Is the answer to all my problems. Is it, though? Difficult sometimes, I must say. But (laughs) tolerance and patience. Oh, well. Silence. All right. Well, listen. um, I just got done with patience, so... Please send in your questions. We 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 love them, and we'll do an ask a basket again when we get a number of questions. I'll put some out there. But uh, yeah, National Recovery Month. Everybody celebrate it. By, Yahoo! By living Ooh. one day at a time, doing it again, putting one foot in front of the other, and uh, listening to this our closing song. Stay away from them Twinkies. Yeah, and, and or the peanuts. or the peanuts. Uh, this is by Mary Sue. It's called Gals in the Group. Here's Mary.
everyone, just a reminder, if you would like to tune in to us on other platforms other than just our website, you can search for us by going to Take 12 Recovery Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podomatic, and iHeartRadio. And also click on the listen to us or watch us on our YouTube channel when visiting Take12Radio.com. All right. Until our next broadcast, this is the Monty Man along with the Take 12 Recovery Radio family, and we are wishing God's perfect serenity for you. Bye-bye now. This has been a broadcast of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting. She's a super cat, super cat, she's super kitty, meow. Yeah, kitty, 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 meow. <laughs> <laughs>